0: Hello, I'm Veronica A. Carr, the editor and producer of the Artifactual Journey podcast. This episode was recorded inside of a Barnes and Nobles cafe next in Nexton, Pennsylvania, so please excuse any background noise.
1: Welcome to episode number eight of An Artifactual Journey with Philip J. Merrill, and today we're proudly talking to Reverend Dr. Donna Mm -hmm. King of -hmm. the historic St. Paul's AMA Church in Belafonte, Pennsylvania. What a pleasure it is to meet with you today.
0: Thank you. The pleasure is all mine.
1: Right in your hand, you're holding what?
0: I'm holding a picture of a young black female, and it's from Belfont, Pennsylvania, and I'm mesmerized by this and wondering who she is.
1: Could you talk about the black population in Belfont, Pennsylvania? I mean, most people haven't even heard of that region. Where is it located in the, in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania?
0: Oh, Belfont, Pennsylvania, let's say it's about 10-12 miles from uh, State College, the home of Penn State University, in Center County, Pennsylvania, and a lot of people don't realize the historical value of Belfont, Pennsylvania. Um, I've done research for 10, 15 years and looking at the census records, there were 200 free blacks in Belfont in the uh, 1820s through the late 1890s. And do
1: you have their names and so forth uh, from the census as well?
0: Names, occupations, and as much information as we could get, but the the, the main uh, source are the the church roles.
1: So with regard to who are you and what you do in Bellevue?
0: According to the elders of, of our church at St. Paul AME, um, under the tutelage of a 90-year-old minister, Reverend Benjamin Morrison, Good. who uh, has moved to Ohio to be with his son, I am a teacher, preacher, historian, and scholar.
1: I like that. Say that again.
0: A teacher, preacher, historian and scholar. Now, I didn't identify those roles for me. Being an academia and being a lecturer in African American studies and women's studies and uh, my degree is in education, working with the College of Education at Penn State and teacher education, the elders told me they heard my calling before I did. And about 10 years ago, I had an elder that told me I was going into the seminary at 60. The way she did. And I looked at her, her name was Mama Price, and my students call me Mama King. So she named me Joshua because I'm supposed to follow in her footsteps. And she and the other elders from the church, uh, Dolores and Robert Lynch, who were members of the church and ran the church for 60 years, also kind of told my husband and I we're dying one by one, and we need to know that someone is going to take over. The church. And before Mr. Lynch passed away, we had just celebrated our 150th anniversary of the church.
1: 150, 150
0: years. 150 years.
1: Sesquicentennial. So
0: and, and we were downstairs in the fellowship hall after the service, and he looked at me very seriously and said, Promise me that you won't close the doors to this church. And I looked at him, and the other, other elders realized how serious he was. And he said, promise me that you'll teach the history. And I said, oh, Mr. Lynch, you'll be around for the next anniversary, next 150 years, mm-hmm. joking. Right. Yes, and they yes. said, look at him, child. Look at him, because he was very serious. And I held his hands, mm-hmm. and his hands were shaking because he was on dialysis three times a week. Mm. He, he made it to the 150th anniversary. He was so involved, and he passed within the year.
1: He stayed around long enough to see that 150th
0: Yes, and they said, look at him, and I looked at him in his eyes, and he was so serious, and I said, I will, not realizing that I would be assigned. Yes, yes. The church. Yes, I'm a licensed. I'm licensed to preach. Uh-huh, I'm uh-huh. not ordained yet,
1: uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: so I had to go through the pastoral institute for three years, and I just completed my my studies. From
1: congratulations.
0: Thank you. Completing my second year to be ordained over the summer. So what I'm saying is, when you ask me what is my role?
1: Yes, yes.
0: You know, I told the elders I'm in teacher education. I teach English teachers. How am I supposed to be a teacher and a preacher? And they said, child, we've seen your calling, and you do it now. We let you do the history programs. You do research on the Underground Railroad. You created a course on the Underground Railroad. You need to become the church historian. We'll start there. So I'm looking at academia, which is teaching me you can't be an educator and a historian. And all the work that I did was community work. So even my advisor for my doctoral program said, I think what you do is something called community pedagogy. And he said, if you would put some of that in your dissertation work, you might get finished because I was always doing something for the community, always doing talks That was talks wise at the of the him
1: to pull to that together like yes, that. Yes, yeah. that was divine. Right, it was. And that is what you do. That's who you are.
0: Yes, and that's how I shifted
1: Right, right.
0: to make this work my work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when the, the elders say, well, you can't always go by the academic criteria. You can be a teacher, preacher, historian, and scholar because it's nothing new. It's been done in the past look at look at grandfather Mills senior who who was the, a barber grandfather oh, Mills senior was connected to the Mills brothers and he was actually born in 1847 to 1931 had a barber shop downtown Belfont. Um, there's actually a historical marker there's a the marker there the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission see I knew oh. him as the barber. I didn't know oh, him. Oh, didn't know he was the pastor? I didn't know him as the preacher. Really? So he was a licentiate, licensed to preach, where Reverend Morrison actually gave me a copy of his. We get a certificate every year. We have to be renewed uh-huh, as, uh-huh. for our license to preach. Yes. He gave me a copy of his license to preach. To see how you could be a teacher, preacher, historian, but he also wrote the history of the church.
1: So you following in the footsteps so, um, of the founder. Thank you. Is he identified as the founder? No, no.
0: But he was one of one
1: of the early important leaders.
0: One ones. of the early important leaders. Um, and preacher. What a legacy. Well, what see, a calling. It's amazing how the legacy that the elders give you or the legacies that you give, get from the community or the legacy that you get from the AME historical role turns into something that's already been done. And I can be very candid with, you know, being in Belfont, Pennsylvania, close to State College, Pennsylvania, the home of Penn State University. You know, we as people of color, when our children are in the schools, we're constantly challenging the school district in a very positive way. And there are issues, we come together. And The elders would watch me as we fought for Martin Luther King Holiday in the school district. Yes, yes. In the early 1998. And they would watch me and say, well, child, did you really think they were going to vote yes the first time? You've got to go back and make it seem like it's their idea. So they're watching me. And then one day they pulled me aside and said, don't give up. Do you realize that historically this happened in the
1: 1880s? Nothing's nothing's new. No,
0: but the trustees of the church, including... Grandfather Mills Sr. petitioned the Belfont School Board to desegregate.
1: Now, how important is it to know your history?
0: It is, because how how important is it to know that we are following the footprints Of those that came before us. Right. And sometimes you don't need those academic degrees. Sometimes you don't need um, all of the the, the and circumstances. And we said it together yes. at the same time. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, even though I don't dismiss that. Sure. Uh, a woman of many letters, they said you can rewrite the history in ways that he couldn't and add things that, that right. he didn't. Right. But to just be divinely destined to complete and do the same work and walk the same walk. Instead of talking to talk, walk the walk. So I'm saying that to say when the elders pass away and... The minister in Williamsport passed away. And the elders say, would you be willing to be supplied to Williamsport? And the elders looked at me and one of them said, you're taking too long to answer. Can I ask you a question? What comes first? God or your black history? So I looked at my husband and said, well, what do you want to do? Because Williamsport is an hour and a half from Belfast. We decided to serve at Bethel AMA Church in Williamsport supposed to be there for three months wound up getting the assignment for another year in three months and it changed our lives you know why because we went from one ame church in history
1: to another one another with good history with good history right.
0: beautiful right. sanctuary right. they're all in need of preservation but you see what i mean yes. so if i would connect the dots and right. follow the dots that the elders say is your destiny or follow the assignments that are given to you because of this historical journey and we're called circuit riders
1: yes yes i've always loved that phrase
0: so three sundays out of the month i was in williamsport and then one sunday i was in belmont and rev morrison would go to williamsport to do the communion so we were circuit riders
1: just think about how difficult it would have been in the late 1800s to be a circuit rider preacher because of transportation yes Yes. And, and, and yet they still did it with a joyful heart, a joyful Amen. spirit. Amen. And
0: that's why I can't complain or tell the elders, but I'm tired. Sure. How can I be a teacher, preacher, historian, and scholar? You know, teach at Penn State and still have the responsibility for the church and do the history, and now you want me to write a book.
1: I was going to say, and how can you write a book or do an exhibit and all these other things? And, and you and you also have family obligations as yes, well. Let's go back to something else. In Belfon, I understand that one of the most photographed citizens of, of the 19th century came to the town. Could you tell us a little bit about who that person was and what he did yes. there?
0: That was Frederick Douglass, who was also a licentiate of the... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zion
1: Church. <laughs> Which a lot of people do not know.
0: I didn't know it and you know once I find out it gives me the confirmation that I'm on the right, oh, you're on the right. track. That's right. That's right. Amen.
1: Amen, Amen to that. Amen.
0: <laughs> and the fact that Frederick Douglass came to speak uh, for an abolition tour in March of 1872 and he stopped by William Mills' Senior's barbershop to get his hair cut. Now, this is all documented in the the newspaper, but it was folklore when the elders would tell you the story. Mm -hmm. And for years and years and years, the elders would tell us stories. Myself and my children and other parishioners, and we're like 30 years younger than they were. I was able to go and try to find the article. Mm-hmm. And it took me two years to find the article.
1: Two years of searching. Two years to get of this. searching. And what source was it in?
0: Actually, it was in the Belfont newspaper, the Democratic Watchman and the Belfont Republican. Wonderful. And i go around the country presenting on, even I was invited to Lancaster African American Historical Society to, to give a paper on this with the media, how the different representations of the two different papers because of two different political mindsets Mm -hmm. and how they talked about his visit. But I'm saying that to say, why is it that this history is not taught in the schools? Why is it that it's not taught at Penn State? Why is it that it's not validated and not only honored, but when I found the article, the person who introduced him was a Penn State board of trustee.
1: Because they don't know.
0: Because I didn't know. So right. here I am trying to right. separate the academy from my work. Because you can't be that interdisciplinary. And come to find out the work that I do is bringing my work together so much so that I'm seeing the, the ties of abolition to white politicians. Seven governors came out of Belfast
1: Seven governors? Mm-hmm. Seven
0: governors came out of Belfast
1: That's another who knew.
0: And they were friends to the colored church and the colored community and finding all this out. I'm writing a book on it. I call it The Abolitionist Mindset.
1: What's been your driving force behind that? Is it because you're trying to bring fresh material to light, where you can hear and learn the voice of the integrated community in Belfont?
0: Yes. And when you say the integrated community, what I have found creating the courses on the Underground Railroad, teaching racism and sexism for five years at Penn State, bringing my students, no matter what class I teach, to the church for their final field trip to learn about the allied integration of mixed races for freedom and teach them the history, how whites and blacks came together, and watch that class change. And they write a philosophy of freedom sitting in the pews of that church. And
1: these are the original pews? These are historical. pews? These are the original original pews. And I'm I'm always intrigued by cornerstones. Um, What does your cornerstone say?
0: Well, the cornerstone actually says 1859 to 1910. Okay. Because the church had a fire. Yes, yes, yes. The church had a fire, and you know these... That's a whole nother podcast yeah, about yeah, these and church and We're going to get fires. to that in another
1: time about the church fires all yes, across the country. exactly. Um, it's so, very so, mysterious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's look at something else for a moment. When we are thinking about historic buildings in Belfont, I understand there are three to four sites yes. that are popular. Yes. One of them, obviously, is St. Paul's Church. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another one is the Lynn House. Yes. Can you talk about that
0: yes. for a moment? Yes, the, the Lynn House, an older older home of Judge Lynn, who has a, has a hidden room for the Underground Railroad. Um, Samuel
1: Lynn, whose fa- father was the Reverend? Yes. yes. See,
0: that's another thing. Let's talk about these ministers and these faith-based uh, right. roles right. that they, they play, but at the same time... Judge Lynn had a hidden room. Mary Lynn, his wife, actually helped with when the church had a fire trying to do fundraisers for it. So what I'm saying is, it's not just the sites. It's connecting the colored community history to the sites. Not just because they have Underground Railroad history, but what happened with the politicians, with lawyers, judges, journalists? Okay, yes, now yes, follow me now. Yes, I'm, follow- I'm with Port you. on is on the, on the railroad, I'm with okay? You. I'm with you. Because the Bush House, they tore it down, and it was a hotel where Frederick Douglass stayed when he was there, okay? Now it's been torn down. So I'm saying if you connect all that history and then teach students, even when I was teaching racism and sexism, let's go further back, let's go further back, let's go sit in a place of freedom, and you tell me, about why do we learn about a house being divided still all the time we're divided in America why don't we talk about when we came together because the Underground Railroad is considered the first civil rights movement when people came together, blacks and whites why aren't we taught this history because if we did, we'd act different. And as far as an abolitionist mindset, if the church was built in 1859 and Penn State was built in 1855, you always see who were the politicians of at the time. Did they have an abolitionist mindset? Were they pro-slavery or anti-slavery?
1: And naturally you're uncovering some synergy, some connectivity between the founding fathers of Penn State and yes. the church in all of that.
0: Yes, the community, the community. So what does this mean? It means if you're founding documents and your are founding fathers and these towns with these free black communities where allied people came together to right a wrong like slavery, then those legacies of social justice need to be. On Earth, or go back to the way things were. The Sankofa principle, look to the past to know where to go in future. the future. Yeah. And maybe, I'm going to say it, I say it on the radio with the voice it. in it, Harrisburg, Penn State needs to follow those footprints or come back to the way things were were and you know what? You might just create a student because I'm a student from Penn State that has it in their soul. Has just like we say we are Penn State. We say it because the cotton ball, those white football players refuse to play if the colored players couldn't play. So what am I saying? And I and I wanna close with the fact that we look at Beaver. We look at Beaver Stadium where the football is played when you look in the church records, Beaver's name is mentioned. He was a friend to the color community. So was Hastings. This is what I'm trying to say. Governor Curtin helped with the United States colored troops who were members of the church and put their names on a memorial in front of the courthouse. So when I do Underground Railroad tours, I say, people we've got to come together like they did in the past. I'm getting chills talking about and it. And I'm, because I'm, I'm on fire right now.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm ready to say amen. I mean, amen. This, this is just amen. we need more of this. And, and I think not just Penn State, but I think yes. many other universities yes. and colleges and yes. churches and communities, Yes, we are lost presently yes. in America, and this mm. is a way to put us back on the right path. Yes. And for a future conversation, there's a group out now dealing with the legacy of slavery with universities. It's a yes. movement that is building. Yes, And what you're just talking about So, you know, I look forward to future segments with teacher, preacher, historian, scholar, friend of man, Reverend Dr. Donna King, Sister King and Mama King. It's been a a pure delight.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. And thank you for helping me kind of get back on the railroad track. Because sometimes, you know, we go astray and then people get you to bring it back to the fold. And put the pieces back together again so you know where to go next. Amen.
1: Amen. And I I know where to go next. And I'm looking forward to our next episode with you uh, where we can continue this lively conversation about connecting the dots of free black, of enslaved, of of white politicians and community folk in historic Belfont, Pennsylvania. And
0: AME churches. And
1: and AME church concern as well. Yes. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.